Welcome back to the podcast. So we got interesting couple of games in the NFL. The Odell era started off a little bit rough in Los Angeles last night. As the 49ers lose. 49ers go into uh, the fan home turf and defeat the Los Angeles Rams. The Wilson and Rodgers return. Both quarterbacks a little rusty. Patriots don't look now, but they might be back. The Cowboys, you shouldn't worry about them. The Chiefs are back. Possibly. And the Bucks are in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> Talk about those games real quick. Also going to give you my NBA's Team of the Week and Worrisome Team of the Week. And also give you a quick little MLB Hot Stuff update. Since things are kind of moving a little slowly there. Here we go. So last night, the Los Angeles Rams went into San Francisco and lost to the San Francisco 49ers 31-10. Odell in this game, in his first game as a member of the Rams, only had two receptions for 18 yards. And the Rams offense just didn't look that great at all. Matthew Stafford threw two interceptions. He had a couple of throws we felt like, what the heck were those? One, clean one deep ball to Odell, where I felt like it was one of those plays where you try to force feed the new guy, try to get him involved quickly into the system, and it was just picked off. Now, as a Ram, if you're for the Rams, I'm not exactly worried about this performance. Obviously, Matthew Stafford has not been playing the greatest football the past couple of games against the Titans and obviously last night against San Francisco, but I feel like it's going to take a little bit a little bit of time just to get Odell into the system. Matthew Stafford will get things back on track eventually. I mean, what did Odell sound like what on Tuesday? Of the, no, Thursday of the week? Thursday of that week? Thursday, a few days before? The game even started. Obviously, the offensive system had to change a little bit. Robert Woods went down with an ACL tear. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. So, there goes one more year. Matthew Stafford already had a little bit of chemistry with going into that game. But it's going to take Odell a little bit of time to get used to this new system. And we'll just see how that goes for them. Rams schedule eases up a little bit more going down the stretch. Now, if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, this is a big win for them. This was pretty much a must-win game for them if they wanted to make sure they kept pace in the NFC playoff picture. And they went out and got it. This is a good game by the 49ers offense. Debo Samuel had himself one heck of a game. Jimmy Garoppolo did a great job managing the game. They made many mistakes, if any at all. Wrong game looked good. And the San Francisco defense looked as good as people expected them to be early on in the year. Only holding this Rams offense only 10 points. So, good sign for San Francisco. Oh, maybe they couldn't. Let's see if they can make a push for the playoffs. They have a pretty decent schedule themselves going down the stretch. So, 
We'll have to wait and see. They got a game coming up against Jacksonville Jaguars, so they should be able to get themselves back to 500 by the end of this next upcoming week. So let's wait and see with them. Tough loss for the Rams, especially when it comes to that playoff chase with the Packers and the Packers and the Cowboys winning last week as well. Luckily for them, Arizona did take that bad loss to Carolina, but as of right now, Arizona's not even healthy, so we'll have to wait and see on that. Good for San Francisco, bad loss for the Los Angeles Rams. Sunday, we saw the awaited return of Russell Wilson, as well as Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson coming out that finger injury he suffered in week four against the Rams, and Aaron Rodgers coming off the COVID list. Both quarterbacks, safe to say, looked a little rusty in this game. Russell Wilson finished the game with going 20 for 40, 161 yards, had two interceptions. Rodgers went 23 for 37, 292 yards, and a pick. And when it comes to these quarterbacks, I both I say I'm not really worried about either one of them. Both these guys haven't really practiced in a very long time, and I expect these two to be just fine. But this game showed how these two teams have been built over the past couple of years and how they've been run the past couple of years. The Packers won this game 17 to nothing. In a game where both quarterbacks, both these great quarterbacks, did not look that great. The Seahawks defense played pretty well for the most part. I mean, 17 17 points allowed to this offense pretty good, but it shows how well this how really good this Green Bay defense is. And they're still without the two best players in the Clark Brothers. And Jair Alexander, their top cover cover corner. They look fantastic in this game. Well, obviously forced the two interceptions, got to Russell Wilson a few times in this game. Look really good. Just shows you how dangerous this team could be defensively in the playoffs. They did a great job against Arizona, who is one of the better offensive teams in the league. I feel like if this team were to go up against a Los Angeles Rams team or a Buccaneers team sometime down the road, they played them pretty well as well. Against the Cowboys, they could play play well against them as well. Offensively, they have the weapons as well. Obviously, Aaron Jones, who has a... Knee injury, he's going to be out one to two weeks. They look good without him. A.J. Dillon, he looks like a running back that can come in and still produce at a high level for this Green Bay offense. Their offensive line is getting healthy again. They should get David Bakhtiari back sometime soon. So that's going to be interesting to see how the offensive line looks at full strength. And like I said, they look good. With a Aaron Rodgers who was a little rusty, and I think they knew that going to this game. You saw that they didn't have Aaron Rodgers take a lot of shots down the field, other than that one weird play where DJ Reed slipped on the play and the wide receiver is wide open for 42 yards. 
but they, they made Aaron Rodgers. They had Aaron Rodgers make some easy throws that he can make. Obviously, some checkdowns and screens that worked out pretty well. That went for big gains late in the game, early in the game, whatever you want to call it. it looked really good. Packers did just enough to win this game. Seattle, on the other hand, just I don't know what to say about Seattle. If Russell Wilson isn't on his A game, it's just this team doesn't look that great. I mean, the defense took good, took a nice step forward in this game. They played great football throughout the entire game. It was it was three to nothing at halftime, three nothing at halftime. And Seattle did, and that defense did a fantastic job holding Aaron Rodgers down. Devonta Adams didn't really have that great of a game either. Though I expected a lot of people expected him to feast in this game, he had a couple. He had seven receptions for 78 yards. That was pretty good, I guess. But in the end, Seattle's offense just could not stay on the field. They could not get anything going on the ground. The leading rusher was Alex Collins, 10 carries, 41 yards. It's going to be good to see. Chris Carson back for them next week. The leading receiver is Jared Everett with eight receptions, 63 yards. They could not, Russell could not. Find his wide receivers in this game. Metcalf only had three receptions. Lockett only had two receptions. That's not a good sign. Or a good recipe to have in a game in this magnitude in Lambeau. You need to find your star players that can make plays for you. That just didn't happen. But in the end, Green Bay won this game 17-0. Green Bay scheduled down the stretch. Looks pretty. He's all right. You got the Vikings next. That could be a really good game. Aaron Rodgers should need to bounce back for that one. Then they got the Rams at home. Nice little tough challenge there. Then they got the Bears, Ravens, Browns, Pat, Vikings again. And then the Lions to finish the season. So their schedule is pretty manageable. They do have a big lead right now in the NFC North. So... I don't think they're really concerned about winning the North. I think they're pretty much a lock to win the NFC North at this rate. Seattle, they're in a tough spot now. They're in a spot. They're in a really tough situation right now. They're currently now sitting at three and six, and they're sitting a few games out of the wild card at the moment, which is the seventh seed right now, which is currently being held. By the, it's either the 49ers or the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know which one it is right now, but they're both at four and five. One of those teams are currently sitting in a wild card spot. So look at it. Like, I know the, the Panthers are currently in the seventh seed at five and five. So you got to look at it like, like this. You're three and six. Team's not looking that great, but you still have a chance to get into a wild card spot only a game and a half back of that wild card spot with Carolina. Now, next week, you got a tough opponent at home against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be healthy enough to play in that game. That's going to be a close call, but with Kyler Murray, it's going to be a tough assignment. If Colt McCoy is the quarterback in this game, Let's say Colt McCoy is the quarterback in this Cardinal against with against in this Cardinals game. You have a good shot to win that game. 
I like Colt McCoy, but he's not Kyler Murray. And if you don't know, D-Hop's going to be healthy enough for this game either. So that's going to be an interesting one. If Kyler Murray wins plays in that game, it's going to be a little tougher than when that, win get, win that game. But I don't know. Seattle needs to win that one at home. But, but let's say they lose that one. Let's say they lose that one. Okay. Now you're 3-7. and seven. But Then you got teams like Washington. Not that good. On Monday Night Football, that's probably when Russell Wilson plays his best football on primetime. He should be not as rusty by then. Two weeks from now, two weeks from now, Monday Night Football, Russell Wilson should be fine. You should win that win that one. Okay. Four and seven. San Francisco, you beat them once on the road. I don't see why you can't beat them again at home. You could win that one. Let's say, okay, now you're five and seven. Houston Texans, god awful. Okay, there you are. Now you're at six and seven. I don't think you'll beat the Rams. So you're at four and eight. I mean, five and eight. Hold on. Yeah. So you lose the, let's say, well, uh, lost my train of thought here. Yeah, you know, at worst, like, I'm looking at the schedule. You got some, well, let's say this. You got some pretty winnable games on the schedule. Washington, you should beat. San Francisco, you can beat. Texans, you can beat. Lions, you should beat. Bears, you should beat. All these teams, you most of these teams you have it at home. Obviously, you got some tough matches coming up with the Cardinals coming up twice. But like I said, you could split those two games. That's depending on the health of Kyler Murray. And then you got the Rams, who haven't have not have looked beatable past couple of weeks. You have eight games remaining, and right now you're sitting at three and six. Three and six. Three and six. Worst case scenario, I see y'all finishing nine and eight this rate. But the way the NFC playoff picture looks, maybe a late playoff push, but things have to be fixed quickly. That's all I'll say about Seattle. Things you have to turn around soon, or you're not gonna make it. You're gonna need a lot of help though, that's for sure. But y'all still have a chance. But you gotta start winning these ball games soon. Don't look now, but the New England Patriots might be back. Sunday, they put an absolute whooping on the Cleveland Browns by the final score, 45-7. Mac Jones finished the day with 19 completions, 198 yards, and three TDs. Thanks for the fantasy points, by the way. Baker Mayfield finished the game before being injured, couldn't return. 11 for 21, 73 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The Patriots defense did a good job shutting down the depleted Cleveland running game, holding Dearness Johnson to 90 yards rushing. And Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie, played very well. 20 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns in that game. Well done. This state, this is a good game win for the New England Patriots. This is a big win for New England. Both, te- the, both these teams came into the game 5-4. Five, five and four. Patriots were the healthier team going into this game, and they did what they needed to do, and that smash a very depleted Cleveland Browns team, which, once again, started to look like one of the most overrated preseason teams of the year. 
I don't understand. This Cleveland team is weird. <laughs> this Cleveland team during the Stefanski era has been weird. I understand that. But this is about the New England Patriots. The Patriots, they definitely look like a playoff team. They, they've fought hard with some really good teams. Like the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Chargers. But and this and this upcoming last game against Cleveland definitely proved their legitimacy in a game where the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick were able to flex their muscles once again. And this is the week where AFC usual powerhouses past couple of years, the Patriots, the Bills, the Chiefs. We're able to flex their muscles a little bit this week. And the Titans do also. And I think uh, Colin Cowherd on his show mentioned something like compared this to the the adults coming back after a trip and all the kids are scrambling to hide off the white claw. It's kind of exactly that. Matt Jones has done everything that's been asked of him. He's had a really good rookie campaign. And it wouldn't surprise me if he keeps playing like this, he could win Offensive Rookie of the Year. This defense has played absolutely fantastic the past couple of weeks. They've outscored their opponents 150-50 to 50 the past four games. That is just ridiculous. And this is starting to look like the Patriots teams we were accustomed to watching over the past few years. Now, the schedule gets a little interesting going down the stretch. I mean, you, bit, you play the Bills twice in December. Those are going to be big games. You also play the Titans in a couple of weeks. You play the Colts on De- in December. But the way this Patriots team is playing this week, I don't see why they can't compete for a playoff spot. And if they keep playing the way they're playing, and I'm not really convinced the Bills have been playing that well lately, they could beat the Bills if one or two times. They could split the season series with the Bills. I really think they could, the way they've been playing. They got the Falcons next week. On on Thursday night, they got they play the they play the Falcons this Thursday, and I'm very confident that the New England Patriots can beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are absolutely terrible. So a little improved to seven four going into this pretty tough four game stretch. I wouldn't be surprised in this tough four-game stretch where they play the Bills twice and the Titans and the Coles that they come out of there at bet at maybe three and one. But after this week, after this week against the Falcons, these next four games will show the legitimacy of the New England Patriots. Great game against Cleveland, but that Cleveland team has been depleted. So badly the past few weeks that they're literally a shell of themselves. But who knows? I definitely see this team being a playoff team, though. But the next five weeks are going to be the real test for the New England Patriots. For my NBA team of the week and we're some teams of the week. My NBA team of the week is going to the Phoenix Suns, who are currently on a nine-game winning streak, including wins over teams like the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Hawks, Cavs, Pelicans, Kings, Timberwolves. 
So they're being teams they're supposed to be. And for my worrisome team of the week, that is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers, who have lost five straight games, including losses to the Jazz, Pacers, Raptors, Bucks, Knicks. Hopefully this squad can bounce after that fast start they've had. To start the season now, they're starting to struggle a little bit. But hope, hope they didn't get things turned around. The next opponent is to play the Denver Nuggets, so they get Embiid versus Jokic. That should be a fun one to keep an eye on. Then you got the Blazers, Kings, and Warriors. So things don't exactly get easier from here, but hopefully they can turn things around. As for the Phoenix Suns, their upcoming schedule, they play the Mavericks twice, then they play the Nuggets, Spurs, Cavs, Knicks, and Nets. So it doesn't get much easier for them, but we'll see if we keep this going. They are currently only a game and a half back of the Warriors, who have just been on a different planet so far this year. We'll see if they can gain any ground within the next week. If you're worried about the Dallas Cowboys after last week's loss to the Broncos, you can kind of put those worries to bed. The Dallas Cowboys last week beat the sorry Atlanta Falcons by a final score of 43-3. And again, that was over by halftime. Dak Prescott finishes game 24 for 31, 296 yards, and two touchdowns. So, safe to say, he his rust is gone after that one, after missing that week with the calf injury, then that bad week he had against Denver. Now the Cowboys, I hate to say it, they actually look good. Not because they play in the worst division in all of football, but they just have a good team. Defensively, they're not the strongest there, but it's serviceable enough to keep opponents limited. And in this game, they only allowed 214 total yards of offense. Again, it was against Atlanta, so... What we'll to wait and see on that next week? They play Kansas City, so that defense will be tested, especially if Kansas City comes out like they did last week. I'll talk about that in a little bit coming up in the show. But the offense for the Dallas Cowboys definitely has been the strongest point of this team. Honestly, they've had their injury issues. They got Michael Gallup back this week against Atlanta. He came back into this game. He had. Three receptions for 42 yards, so nice little return game for him. I mean, if you look at the offensive stats in this game, 431 total yards. Again, against a terrible Atlanta defense, but I do think they can keep up these sort of numbers against other, any other team in the league. Passing yards, obviously. Dak had most of them. Dak had a good game throwing. Running the ball, they're Doing pretty, still pretty well at that. 114 total rushing yards with Tony Pollard and Zeke leading the way. They averaged, they averaged six yards to play in that game. So I think that's something they continue to go through. The thing is, they don't turn, they didn't turn the ball over in this game. And that's a success to beat anybody in this league. Just don't turn the ball over and you got a chance to win this game. What do I see the Cowboys amongst the NFC elite? I don't think they're better than Green Bay. I don't think they're better than Arizona or Los Angeles when they're clicking. At this point, you could probably say they're better than Tampa Bay 
That defense in Tampa is just atrocious. I don't just so as of right now, I could probably see them as maybe the third best team in the NFC. Maybe the fourth if you want to argue. Tampa Bay, I don't know if you want to argue that. But this rate, who knows? Dallas is definitely a top three team in the NFC. Without a doubt in my mind. And any worries they had in the Denver game, you could pretty much put that to bed. You could put that to bed. I hate to say it, but the Cowboys could be a dark horse contender for a Super Bowl this season. Ugh. Wouldn't that make Cowboys fans loud? I don't know about you folks, but when I was talking about when I was talking about the leader of the NFC, obviously you could think the team and Tom Brady would be near the top, right? No, I don't think they are. And this game against Washington can prove that. That defense just did not look good at all against a very, very, and I mean very depleted Washington team. Heineke looked outstanding in this game for a backup quarterback. He finished that game 26 for 32, 256 yards, and he threw for a touchdown. Meanwhile, in probably one of the worst Tom Brady games I've seen in a while, he finished 23 for 34, 220 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. If I was a Bucs fan, I'd be a little bit concerned. If I wasn't concerned already, I am now. Your fault. This loss puts you in a very bad position when it comes to the race for the number one seed. And as of right now, you are currently the number four seed in the NFC playoff picture, which will put you up with a date with either the Arizona Cardinals or the or the Los Angeles Rams, depending on who wins that tough NFC West. And I'll tell you right now, that's going to be a tough out either way. And this de- the defense as it's constructed right now for Tampa Bay, it's not built to stop anybody. We saw what happened against we saw what happened when they played the Rams. The Rams absolutely massacred them. Uh, it was a complete massacre. And I believe that a healthy Arizona Cardinals team would do the exact same thing to them in a playoff scenario. I really would. As great as Tom Brady is, I don't think even he can overcome this bad of a defense. This is no way around it. And if Tom Brady doesn't play almost per, almost per football, they have no chance. In that first half, it was probably one of the first first halves I've seen out of Tom Brady in a while. And then, of course, he turned it on late in the second half. But by then, it was just a little bit too late. Of course, there were 10. There was 10. I mean, think about it this way. They were down one score. It was a one-score game. It was 23-19. to 23-19. 10 minutes left in the fourth. And the defense allowed Washington to go on a fantastic 19-play, 10-minute drive. Offensively, you cannot call a play call better than that. And they scored. Washington scored to put the game away in 10 minutes, leaving Tom Brady no time. There's none. That is probably one of the best drives I've seen in a while. 
of course, the fact that it took 10 minutes is probably the biggest thing. The fact that they scored is probably the second biggest thing. But the fact that it was 19 plays, it was ridiculous. If you're consider yourself an elite team, you cannot allow that to happen. You just can't. You can't. How is it? How in the world as a defense can you allow a drive to go ten minutes long, nineteen plays? You just can't. It's just you can't allow that to happen. You want to consider yourself one of the most elite, one of the elite teams in the NFC. Or in all football, you just you can't allow that. You just can't. I mean, who knows? If they get them enough time, maybe they do win that game. Maybe Tom Brady does whatever the heck does what Tom Brady usually does. Get to it squeeze you by a win. Unfortunately, that's just not how that works. If you give ten if you give up ten minute drives. With a little over ten minutes up in the game, you just and you allow a score. What do you expect Tom Brady to do? Of course, it didn't even matter in the end. But this defense is a big concern for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It really is. And I don't think you can consider them suitable fairs right now. You can put probably put the Cardinals ahead of them. When healthy, the Rams ahead of them when they're clicking on all cylinders. You could probably put the Cowboys ahead of them. Definitely could put the Packers ahead of them this year. I just don't know if you can really call this team an elite team in the NFC. And the fact that they haven't put away this division yet is kind of ridiculous. They're only a game ahead of the Saints who are completely depleted. So they might not even win the South at this rate. Maybe it's a little bit of a reaction on my part, but I don't know. This this Tampa Bay defense team is nowhere near where it was last year when they dominated the Super Bowl. Not even close. And that's not good. Speaking of teams that were struggling, how about Kansas City bouncing back in a big way? Patrick Mahomes looked like the Patrick Mahomes he were used to past couple of years. And this Chiefs team, for the first time this season, looked like the Chiefs team that absolutely dominated the entirety of the of the AFC the past couple of seasons. They put a whooping on the on the Las Vegas Raiders, 41 to 14 in a game that was not even close. This was probably Patrick Mahomes' best start of the year by a mile. Finished the game 35 for 50, 406 yards, and five touchdowns. And defensively, you could argue, you can definitely say this is definitely Kansas City's best defensive game of the year against a team that's fully healthy. They held Derek Carr to 25 for 35, 269 yards, two touchdown passes, and an interception. They completely shut down the run game. It's been an issue for them in a while. The run game has been an issue for Kansas City's defense past couple of games. I mean, the leading rusher for for Vegas was Derek Carr with three carries for 18 yards. That's that's solid. That's solid. 
They absolutely dominated in total yards offensively, 516 to 299. Passing yards, Mahomes dominated that. Rushing yards, slight edge Kansas City. Yards per play, Kansas City won that one. With average of about seven yards a kick play to Raiders six. They had more first downs. They were more efficient on third down. They were more efficient on. They went three for three on fourth down. They ran seventy six total plays compared to Vegas's fifty one. They didn't give up a sack. They only had a punt one this entire game. Penalties, great job on that. Which is another thing that's been an issue for Kansas City all year long was the penalties. They did a great job cutting those down. Four for thirty four yards. Didn't turn the ball over in this game. They only had one fumble lost this entire game. So that's a really good sign. They did not turn the ball over again. A big issue throughout the entirety of the season so far. And then you do that. This Kansas City Chief team is going to do exactly what they did to the Vegas Raiders. 41-14. And now they sit in first place. In the AFC West by a half game over the Los Angeles Chargers, who just lost their game to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this AFC West is definitely going to be an interesting race down the stretch. Everybody, I mean, one game separates the Chiefs from the Broncos, who are in last place. But Kansas City could choose to play the way they are. They did in this game. If this game is a, it's a beginning of a trend for how this team can play, for the rest of the season, I like my chances for the Chiefs to win this division. Still, they got a tough test at home on Sunday against the uh, Dallas Cowboys, who have been really good offensively as well. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Chiefs can continue this momentum after this game against the Raiders. Last couple of games, they play the Cowboys, obviously. Then they play the Broncos twice. They play the Bengals. They play the Chargers one more time in Los Angeles. That could probably decide. The division, play the Raiders one more time at home, and of course, the, and they also they play the Steelers. So they have five division games left that could decide the AFC West. And I think they're better than the Raiders. They proven that. I don't trust the Broncos, so I think that December sixteenth game at on the road against a pretty good Chargers team could decide the AFC West. But they gotta continue playing the way they are. They did in this in the game against the Raiders. Good win, but they gotta keep this momentum going because they got a long way to go still. In a very surprisingly tight AFC West division. To wrap up the podcast, let's go ahead and give you a little quick update for the current MLB hot stove. But the offseason went underway. The first move that we saw made was the first big move anyway. Is Eduardo Rodriguez. He is no longer going to be playing for the Boston Red Sox. He is going to sign a five-year, $77 million deal with the Tigers. I think that's a great deal for the Detroit Tigers. Don't let the stats fool you when it comes to Eduardo Rodriguez. You actually have to give a little bit of the eye test there. Can we look at the 4.77 ERA? Man, I was pitching probably one of the toughest divisions for a left-handed pitcher in the American League East, when you play the guys like Stanton, Judge, Vladimir Guerrero, Boba Shed, um, who else am I missing here? A lot of good right-handed hitters in the American League East. Your ERA is going to be a little bit of a fluctuation there. 
it's not going to look great, but he has some good stuff. I think he has a long way to go. I think he's only going to get better. Obviously, I don't think this is going to be the biggest move the Tigers make. This is only going to be a little bit of a buff piece for that rotation. I do think the Tigers are going to go after one more starting pitcher in the market. And I also think maybe Carlos Correa. Who knows? Who knows? This is only the, I think this is going to be the first of many moves Tigers make to try to catch up with the White Sox in the Central Division. Also, Jose Barrios, he resigns a extension with Toronto. So he's going to be there for seven more years under club control in Toronto. So they keep another, they're going to keep another good piece of that rotation in there for a while. Who knows if they go back and try to get Ryan Ray back, who probably might win the AL Cy Young this year. And the Angels finally go out to some pitching. They signed a one-year, 20, 21, I believe, $21 million deal with the the Angels could sign a one-year one deal with Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, of the, formerly of the from the New York Mets, to a one-year deal. That's going to be a high-risk, high-reward type deal for a guy who's coming off of a major injury in Tommy John. So we'll have to wait and see about that. If you, It's nice to see the Angels go after some pitching for once. I mean... You always look at the Angels like they have that great offense with Otani and Trout and all those guys, and they, the pitching always holds them back. So the ceiling go actually go after some pitching. It's a good sign. It's a good step in the right direction. Obviously, he's not going to go there and be the ace of this rotation. That's probably going to be Otani or whoever they decide else to go after in free agency. But it's a good start. It's a good start for the the Los Angeles Angels when it comes to trying to fix that rotation because it was, it's been a mess over the past few years. And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. I'll be back with another one sometime episode com- coming out soon. Until then, I'm out. Peace.